But Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we again magnify and glorify your precious name. Thanking you, Lord God, yet for this day. Yes, another day that you have given us, Lord God. And not just given us to, to exist, Lord God, but you've given us this day, Lord God, that you may exist to us and that you may use us as we have sung in the praise and worship. That we give our lives to you, that you may use us, Lord God. And so as you impart your word to us today, as you speak to our hearts, Lord God, I pray that right now that we open our hearts unto you, Lord God, that we may receive from you, Lord God, not just what we want to hear from your word, but Lord God, that which you are sending forth, that it may touch us, Lord God, in a special way, Lord God, that it may change us, that it may rearrange us, Lord God, that we may never be the same, Lord God, having again heard your word, Lord God, having, having added it to that which you've already given, that we may continue on this journey called life, Lord, that we may run this race, that we may finish our course, Lord God, and that we may stand before your judgment seat of Christ with a, a, a knowing, Lord God, and a confidence that if we've done what you've asked us to do, that we can and will hear those sweet words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Lord, we look forward to that. And we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen, amen. Glory be to God. Amen. We serve a mighty God, and he is just, he's just so awesome. And I pray right now that as he speaks to our hearts, that we receive his word for what he, what he again, what he sending it to be. If you will, turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 on this morning. You know, on Thursday night, uh, God is, we are going through the book of Proverbs right now. And God is just supernaturally, tremendously breaking down his word uh, and, and feeding it to us, you know, in a way that none of us uh, can deny, choke on, or anything of the sort. He's just feeding us to us in a way that we can truly, you know, taste it, absorb it, and be nurtured by it. And I just thank God for that. So there's a part of uh, what he's doing on Thursday night that he wants to share with us on today. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, our text verse, is actually verse number 3 and 4. And Proverbs chapter 3 is a, uh, a passage of scripture uh, for most of you as seasoned believers and uh, having had some time, you know, in, the, uh, in this walk uh, that you are so familiar with. And the familiar part of Proverbs chapter 3 usually uh, starts in, in verse 5, uh, 5, 6 there, uh, where it talks about trusting in the Lord with all your heart. See, most of us even know that all by heart. But even before that, there was a beautiful word that God wanted to impart to his people. Uh, in order for us to actually do what verse 5 and 6 says, there are some prerequisites, if I could say. There's something that needs to happen 
uh, beforehand. And that's what he wants to impart and speak to us today. We're talking about wisdom, the wisdom of the Lord, the wisdom that comes down from heaven. And this is just an iota, just a, a, a bit of it, but it's one that, that, can, that we can hone in on today and allow God to impart that. And, and as, we, as he imparts that and we digest it and we take it, that it can help us along this journey Amen. called life. Uh, Proverbs 3, 3 says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. He tells us to bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. And then verse 4, he says, And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. See, what we're talking about is the wisdom of God. And a part of that wisdom that God wants us to, uh, to really grab a hold of. And this part right here is just like I said, it's just the iota because there's so much more before and even so much more behind. But God wants to speak to our hearts today. And this, as he tells us, to let not mercy and truth forsake us. That this is uh, something that he wants us to begin to walk in because first and foremost, it's going to bless the kingdom, but also it's going to be the thing that keeps you on life's journey. And see, in, Rome, in, the, in Sunday school, we are talking out of Romans and, and, and they fit hand in hand and they go hand in hand because in Romans, the word of God is important to us and telling us of how to uh, finish this uh, to finish our race or how to live our lives in a way that is satisfactory our behavior our character how to live like God wants us to live in there and, and in order to live like God wants us to live then we need to be able to receive as Julian just imparted to the, the young men wisdom and this wisdom that we need to be able to receive is from God himself if you back up to verse 1 of chapter 3, it says, My son, yes. do not forget my laws, but let your heart keep my commands. Uh, and the, for the length of days and long life and peace, they will be added to you. See, this here, what God is speaking to us on today, that let not mercy forsake, in truth forsake you, is a command of God. Flip your page back to, to Proverbs 2, 2. And it says this, somewhat the same thing. It says, my son, you, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you so that you will uh, incline your ear to wisdom, apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her like silver, wisdom, if you seek her like silver and search for her as a hidden treasure, guess what? It says then, somebody say then. Then, then you will understand the reverence or the fear of the Lord. And, somebody say and, and not only will you understand the fear of the Lord, but and you will find the knowledge, the knowledge of God. See, not knowledge of God, but the knowledge of God. Not your knowledge of God, but the knowing you will know God. In other words, my friend. Amen. See, it takes the wisdom of the Lord 
And see, and this wisdom is not found in worldly wisdom. It's not found in man's wisdom. You know, man's wisdom, you know, tells us uh, a lot of things. It tells us how that we ought to operate in certain situations. You know, and it, it imparts to us, you know, that which, see, uh, when man's wisdom is set forth in man's wisdom, what it does, it, it promotes you. And it positions you. See, the wisdom that comes from above, God's wisdom, is not about you. Amen. The, uh, the only part of, that is about you is for us to walk in it. Because, see, the wisdom of God, it don't promote you. It promotes and glorifies God. It promotes and glorifies God. And for us as believers that are trying to finish this race, that have any hopes of being able to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, to hear the real words, and you've heard me say this before, you know, God is a God that he is not a liar. We all, we, we know that. And, and I don't know why or, or how we've come to this cliche thought in our minds that, you know, that we can live on this earth and, and, and believe in Jesus and, 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 and barely skate into the gates of heaven, having not followed Christ in, in, in much or none of our ways, had not been led by the Spirit of God while we are here on earth, but then because we believe in Jesus and because uh, God is not a God that he should lie, that if you, put, if you believe that he is the one that God has sent and that God, God operated through him for, uh, that, that gave redemption unto us, then yes, then we will spend eternity in heaven. But my question is, is how if we just live a life like that, not be, uh, walking in obedience, not being led by the Spirit of God, but just believing in Jesus, how do we think that when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that we should hear the words from a God that does not lie, to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Then we, you know, enter into the joys because you know, that was you, you've been faithful over a little, now I'm going you know, to give you a lot to be faithful over. If we haven't been faithful, how can we expect to hear the words from the Lord? I, don't, I just don't believe that them are the words that we may hear. If we haven't been faithful, he may say, come on in. You know, because you've escaped by fire. But to hear the words, well, that, that we've done well, and that we've been good and, and faithful, I'm, not, I'm just not so sure of that, my friends. I'm just not so sure of that. But for those of us that do have a desire to hear that, then it behooves us that as God has called us to this place of wisdom, to understand and to know the value of the wisdom that God gives himself. Yes. And so today, as I said, we want to just talk about one part of that found in Proverbs 3, 3, and it says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. And just for a moment, he wants to speak to our hearts about that. What does that really mean? What does this scripture really mean? Let not mercy and truth forsake you. See, this is going to help somebody today in, as they continue to run the race. See, because mercy 
first and foremost, let us define it. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Mercy is, is uh, let me just put it in a natural sense. See, mercy is what we cry out for when we stand before the judge, when we've done something wrong, when we've committed a crime or we've gotten a ticket and we say we throw ourselves on the mercy of the court. And in throwing ourselves on the mercy of the court, what are we actually saying to the court? Uh, please don't give me what I really deserve. That's mercy. We are asking, and, and, and matter of fact, we say it all the time. I know I do. Have mercy on me, oh Lord. I don't have to stand before the judge so much to say that, at least not anymore. Glory be to God. So I try not to get speeding tickets and certainly try not to commit a crime that I would have to stand before the judge of the courthouse and say have mercy. But there is a God, my God, that uh, watches me and keeps me every single day. And, and, and there's times that I fall down. There's times that I say the wrong thing. There's times that I think the wrong thing. And I have to say have mercy on me, O oh Lord. Have you ever had to say have mercy on me, O oh Lord? So when you're asking God to have mercy on you, what you're asking him, Lord, please don't give me what I really deserve. Please don't give me what I really deserve. And so for us to understand this text, then we got to really understand what mercy is, my friend. And see, mercy is something that we all desire to have. And we all desire it because we all didn't make mistakes. We all fall down and have to get back up. And we all need mercy from someone in them circumstances, in that situation. And mostly we need it from the Lord. But here the scripture says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. So here the, 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 the word of wisdom that God is imparted to, to each and every one of us is not just that which we, now that we understand what mercy is, because we understand it from the context of what we need it. But here he says, let not mercy forsake you, meaning that let not you be merciful. So what he's talking about or what the wisdom of God is saying to each and every one of us is as my child, if you want the wisdom that comes from above, if you want to, to have me operating in your life, I, there's a, a character or a trait that you need to have embedded in your heart, my friend. He says, uh, not just, he says, first I need you to bind it around your neck. Come on, somebody. And then he says, write it on the tablets of your heart. And that is for you to be a merciful person. So when is it that I, or when is it that you need to show mercy? Come on, we can wear the rubber meets the road now, my friend. See, because we understand mercy when we need it, but when is it that we have to show mercy? See, the time that you have to show mercy is when, not when you've done something wrong, and you're asking God not to give you what you deserve, but it's when you've been done wrong. Now God needs to use you to not display what one deserves, but yet to have mercy, so not to give them what they do deserve. See, when they've done you wrong, yeah, you, the, the, the sharp lip or the sharp words that, 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 that uh, they deserve from you. God is saying, let not mercy forsake you. He said, no, I don't need you to give them words that they deserve. But no, give them what they don't deserve. Called grace. See, grace 
the other, the opposite of that, if you will, is to is giving somebody what they don't deserve. Mercy is withholding what you do deserve. And here, wisdom. See, this is a challenge, my friend, and I know this is new news, and it's okay. Not new that is new under the sun, but new in the terms of us really being challenged to operate in. So God here is calling us to a place that when somebody has done us wrong, that we need to show mercy. And mercy is, a, uh, is the evidence of the love of God of, that's in Christ Jesus operating in your life. And this only can happen under work one circumstance. It's when you have been done wrong. So we want to, you can just take right now and set the, uh, the mercy that you want aside being when you've done wrong. Let's just set that to the side right now. And what we, what's right before us now is when you are in a place where, when you have been done wrong. That's the only thing we want to think about now as the text speaks to us to, to bind this around your neck. That when you have been done wrong, what are you going to do? What are you going to do in this circumstance? When the husband has done the wrong thing, when the wife has done the wrong thing, when the co-worker has said the wrong thing, when the person that you don't even know walking by has, you know, has done the wrong thing, what will you do in that moment? See, as God has been speaking to us, there are some things that he wants to make us aware of. This is what we were talking about on this morning. See, God wants... The, as he talked to us in, in Romans, there are some things in Romans chapter 12 when he talks about behaving or learning to live like a Christian. You know, or learning to live like Christ, in other words, in plain English, my friend. That he's called us to live like Christ while we finish our race. Now that we have believed on him, now that we've been born again, now that he's given us a promise and a seal for eternal life, he says, I need you to live the rest of your life for as like Christ. And he says, in order for you to do that, I need to make you aware of some things. And see, and if you flip your Bibles over to Romans chapter 12, some of the things that he wants to make us aware of is how to love without hypocrisy. That our love is not hypocritical, in other words. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Then it reads like this, verse 9, it says, Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference, preference to one another. See, let love be without hypocrisy, meaning that uh, love is not a uh, favorite, where it, it has some, uh, have one type of love towards this person and towards another person, it, don't, uh, it, it, it shows uh, favoritism towards. It says, let love be not hypocritical. That it has conditions in one place and in other places it becomes unconditional. No, he says that let love be without hypocrisy so we have to love the way he loved us. This is where the new commandment comes into play. 
that Jesus said a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. So this ain't got nothing to do with your love anyway. But we allow the love of God to flow through us. Glory be to God. And see, here he also says, yo, abhor what is evil. Hate it. Cling to what is good. In other words, do not return evil for evil. Come on, somebody. And see, while you know, the words that we, we can read the scriptures, and we can say amen to the scriptures, but, I'm, but we're, let's talk about where the rubber meets the road, my friend. And it meets the road in that place where mercy, where he says, let mercy not forsake you. It, 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 it means action in that place where it's when you've been done wrong. See, we want these words when we've done wrong and we need mercy, see? And that's the most part that we've ever thought about. It applies to when we need it. But what about when somebody else did it and you are the victim of that which has been done wrong? My God. My God. And see, he, he just went to the real depths on Thursday night because he gave us the opportunity just to sit there and marinate on this stuff. And the truth of the matter is, my friend, is that when for kind affection to come forth in a situation where you have been wrong, it ain't so easy then. place for us to show kindness when we've been the corporate when we the one messed up then we, we want to be able to lean on the word Sin don't want us to. He don't want us to get this word very clear. But God says, "Not so, my friend." There's a real seriousness. There's a real, a real challenge here, my friend. And that challenge comes when we've been done wrong, because there's a reality of the flesh in that moment. You know, when somebody said the wrong thing, somebody came against us the wrong way, and I'm talking about they really were wrong. In the, the dilemma here is that you have flesh. And so what God has imparted to us out of Romans chapter 12 in there is he's wanting to bring an awareness. And see, the difference here, and this is, this is real good meat for each and every one of us, my friends, is that God is calling us to a place of living out of the awareness that he gives spiritually. See, because what happens is for most of us, even as it pertains to ourselves, let alone somebody else, you know, 
doing something wrong. But even when we do wrong, what happens is, is we live from a place of conviction. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. What I mean by that is the fact that when we've done wrong, when we make a mistake, then, yo, know, God, because we are believers, because he saved us, then we are looking. Then, then, then what happens after that is conviction comes. We get convicted about what we've done. In there. In other words, we get reminded. God brings it before us that, hey, you, wait a minute, what is this? And we pray and ask for forgiveness. And in the bottom of our heart, we, you, we are truly sorry and we want and expect God to, to, to forgive us and, and, and show mercy to us in that moment. Amen? So God is calling us to a place that he, he says that it's no longer that I need you to live from this place of conviction, but what I want you to live from now is an awareness. He says, I want to give you conscious and spiritual awareness of not only what you're doing, but what's happening around you. Glory be to God. It's, uh, the example that was given this morning is like when you're driving in the car and you're driving on the freeway. You have to be aware of how fast you're going, but then you also have to be aware of all of these drivers that are driving around you. See, you don't want to uh, not be aware of how fast you're going until the highway patrol pull you over and tell you you was going 90 miles an hour and you got a ticket for $500. See, because that's what happens. That, then you have to go to court and get convicted. See, that's where conviction comes in. And God is saying, no, I don't want you to live out of conviction. I want you to live out of spiritual awareness. See, in this spiritual awareness, then it, 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 it shows us, it, it keeps us ever before us what we're doing. And not only what we're doing again, but what is happening and those around us are doing. See, because this is what's going to be able to keep you in this place of being kindly affectionate to one another. See, because if you're aware of it, then you don't have to fall and then, then, then get convicted and say, Oh, Lord, man, I, I, I didn't do the right thing. Yeah, I know that they was tripping, but you know, but I know that you called me that even in that situation that I wasn't supposed to act like that. I wasn't supposed to react like that. See, some of us we gave ourselves a pass because this reaction, it's not how we act, it was how they was acting, and we had to react to it. So we give ourselves a pass. God says, not so, my friend. He said, I called you to a place of awareness. So you can beware of how they act, so you can keep your actions and your reactions. See, this is wisdom from God. And this is a real challenge. It's no more of us, you know, leaning on conviction. You know, because conviction ain't condemnation, my friend. And we know that, see. We didn't go to that place where we know that. So we know that we can get convicted. And, and, and we know that even the conviction is God's love for us. Where he's showing us where we fell short. But God says, now, I not only want to show you where you fell short, I want to show you before you fall short. So you don't have to fall short. Glory be to God. And that I can be glorified. Because now you can pass the test instead of failing the test and having me come by and sweep it up. Or clean it up for you. He says, I'm calling you to a new place. A higher place. And it ain't new under the sun. Let me remind you of that. But it's, a new, it's new to us because God is calling us to a place that we ain't been before. So he's challenging us in the depths of our heart. And so like on Thursday, 
This mercy not forsaken. Glory be to God. It's huge. It's huge because the mercy not forsaken us is when we've been done wrong and God is saying, I need to be able to use you. We sung the song already today. We sing it all the time. I give myself away. So you can use me. Well, he says, this is how I want to use you. I want to give you, I want to put you in this place. So when you've been done wrong, that you can duplicate that which my son did when he was done wrong. Glory be to God. That you can show mercy. And see, we're just going to bring it right back down because I'm telling you, my friends, this ain't no uh, usual place for us. Because when we've been done wrong, then we feel like we have the right to return evil for evil. Yet the Bible says do not return evil or revile evil for evil. But good. And so he's just making, connecting the dots for us today. He says, do you desire my wisdom? I know you do. He said, this is what wisdom is. It's for you to do what? Go back there. He says, first in, in uh, how he started out, he says, do not, my son, do not. Somebody say, do not. Forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. See, and we, and we talked about this on Thursday as well, that the commands, uh, God's word is so good because it is, it's progressive. It, it was good back then, and it's good all the way to the end. God's word is the beginning and the end. It's the alpha and the omega, my friend. It's the truth. It's Jesus, the truth. So not for, don't let forsake mercy and truth. See, they go hand in hand, my friend. And the command is them, man, you know, as he spoke to the, the old covenant people, was the Ten Commandments and all they lost. But for us, the command is what? It's the new commandment. And this new commandment that he's telling us to walk in, it, 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 it explains it very clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, as it has already been said. And that, that's what love does. See, love don't, uh, love thinks good. Love shows mercy. Love holds on dearly to the truth. Come on, somebody. So in these situations, and this is where we're going to just abide for a second as we get, you know, come to the end of this message. The, the real reality is, my friends, think about it. <laughs> the mercy not being forsaken, us not forsaking mercy, is us not forsaking the opportunity to show mercy. And that only happens when we've been done wrong. So the challenge here today is, is what are you going to do when somebody did wrong you the next time. If you allow what God is speaking to our hearts today, that awareness. He's saying, I need you to be aware that there's coming a moment in time. And for most of us, it may not happen. It may happen as soon as we leave this place. If it don't happen before you leave this place. That you won't be put at a place where God can use you. Somebody say, God, use me. See, you don't be put in that place where, where, where you've been done wrong. And God says, I need to use you right now. And I want to make you aware that it's going to happen. He don't need to be, he don't need to have you work out of conviction the next time. And the next time. And the next time. 
But he wants us to change our position from conviction to awareness. He's making us aware today, my friend, that these things are going to happen. And I've given you the tools on how to let me use you. So how you can let me use you that I may be glorified. Yes, amen. See, because in these situations, if we don't let God use us, then he may be glorified. Then we use ourselves that we may be glorified. And so when we use ourselves, then we, we turn evil for evil. And it glorifies our flesh because we feel all right for a moment. See, you ain't gonna, I ain't gonna let you get away with that. You ain't gonna talk to me like that. Try it again and see what happens. See, our flesh gets, gets filled with pride and indignation. Was an abomination to the Almighty God. Because if you turn that shoe and flip it over to the other foot, when we have done wrong and we need mercy for God, we don't want Him to show indignation. We don't want Him to show flesh. He don't, we don't want him to deal with us evil for evil. What we want in that time is the spirit of the living God to have mercy. And it's the same thing that God is saying that I need you to do. And it starts, and it seems, you know, and I tell you right now, my friend, the, the biggest challenge, the first challenge you'll have is in your own relationships, your closest relationships. Time and time again, we have this opportunity. And God is saying, it's no longer any more time for us to continue to operate in the way that we have before. In the day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart. In other words, in the day that you hear my word, and that ain't just for the gospel, certainly for the gospel first and foremost. But any of the truth of God's word, when, he, when we hear it, because he don't cast his pearls before the swine, so when he brings forth the revelation of his word, then he expects that we take hold to it, that we bind it around our necks, that we write it on the tablets of our hearts, and that we keep his commandments. That we walk in. That we walk in. See, this is him using us for the rest of our days. This is him. This is our life being lived like Christ for the rest of our stay here. And this is what God needs for those that he has sealed for the day of redemption. That he can shine a light into a dark world. This is what's going to change the dark world. We know that we're living in a world that's dark. And it's funny because we'll even pray to God. God, you know, we'll tell him about the world that we live in. And we'll pray for change. But change only comes with you, uh, Michael Jackson said it, with the man in the mirror. But he didn't, the only one said it. The word of God says it. Search me, O oh Lord. Let me examine myself. He just changed it into a, 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 some words that the world could actually relate to. But the word of God is very clear. But let a man examine himself. That he searches his own heart. And all that I not be 
either we pray for God to remove it. Well, he's removing it right now with truth. Yes. Will we accept the truth? Not just intellectually, my friend. But will we allow this to be written on the tables of our heart? Because see, on the tables of our heart is where awareness is. See, on the tables of our heart is what is, is what's, what's, what's right there even before something happens. It's there. We have access to it. What's written on the tables of our heart, we, you know, we even say it to, to the Lord sometimes, oh, the Lord knows my heart. And what we're saying is the Lord knows what I really wanted to do. Well, he's saying to put it on your heart because that's what you're going to, what I need you to do. This is a serious challenge, my friend. And the challenge ain't one to accept or deny. The one is, is one for us to walk in. That the Lord God Almighty, that His light can begin to truly shine through our lives as He would. And it starts with the, the same thing that we've been saying all of this time. So now you can see how all of the things that God has been giving us, even thus far, for years now. And it started with denying ourselves. It started with dying to ourselves. See, this is the part of truly dying to yourself. This is where the rubber meets the road and dying to yourself. Because he's made it very plain and very clear. Yo, in the in mercy of all things. Something that we desire when we've been when we've done wrong, but something that God desires when we've been wrong. Now, he says, now, I've been giving it to you for all of these years. Now I need to turn around and, and, uh, and you allow me to use it through you now. And this ain't no hit or miss stuff. This is what we, now we got to live like this. We got to live like this. So when you do me wrong, I got to show mercy. I got to extend to you what you don't deserve. When I've done wrong, you got to do the same thing. Can you see how if we give this to one another, how it'll change lives? And then it changes in our lives, then guess what it does? It changes our children's lives, and when it changes our children's lives, then guess what? Every one of them, it begins to change the world. The one that we're so concerned about, the one that we know that is so bad right now. So God is saying, can I use you to change the world? Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Find it around your neck. Find it around your neck. Write it on the tablets of your heart. We've been seriously challenged today. And my question, my, and what I'm wondering is, are we willing to accept the challenge? If you are here today and you want to accept this challenge, let us pray. Let us be in agreement to pray right now for one another. Not just right now, but continue yeah, yeah. to pray for one another. Because my friends, I'm telling you, we, you know individually and we know collectively that this is not no cake walk. That it's going to take surrender. It's going to take some lots of prayer. And it's going to take a, a heart change. And it's going to take some, uh, uh, some fight. It's going to take some fight for, from each and every one of us. I'm talking about to truly walk in this awareness that God has given us 
and the awareness again is I'm telling you beforehand I'm making you aware before it happens that when it happens you can be the instrument that I need to use to show mercy to the person that has done you wrong he said I have to use my son for the ultimate but there's some little things after that that I need to continue to, to shine a light through. So I'm not asking you to do the ultimate. I ain't asking you to, when they've done you wrong, that you die for them. I'm just asking you when they've done you wrong, that you die to your flesh for them. Come on, let's pray. If you, if you want to accept it, Come stand to your feet and let's come to the front. Minister, let me come and pray. If you accept this challenge before the Lord, you can confess it before your brother that's here today. And that we can make a commitment together that God can use us in this way. Hallelujah. It's going to take God.